Salutation Shades, and welcome to your one-stop, hotspot, place for all things strange and unusual, talking with shadows, the conversation everyone has, but no one wants to admit to. Here with your host, Vic Waitley. And Marcus D. And we want to give a shout-out to everybody joining us for our 70th episode of the Talking with Shadows podcast. Big round of applause, everybody. Thank you guys so much, by the way, for joining us for this awesome episode. We're super excited. Super appreciate you guys supporting us and getting us this far. We would not have been able to do it without you. And at that, we're having a blast with it. We are having a blast with it. Uh, The alcohol that we are drinking today, I really want to get to it because I absolutely was blown away by this. So we went over to our fancy, bougie liquor store that we have right down the road from Vic's house. I can't found. believe you're just now taking yours out of the paper oh, bag. Listen oh, to that, all that creepy. You were lucky up. that I, I really wanted to leave this in the cup holder, by the way, like as we were driving down the road. But no, I was classy <laughs> and hit it under the floorboards. Boards. Floorboards. Thank you very much. Wait, today I am drinking the Dude's Rug, which is a hard cider with Thai Chi spices added. So it's a hard cider. This is awesome. I'm a huge fan. Wait, is it Thai tea spices or chai tea spices? Did I drink before we get over here? I I don't know what's wrong with me today. Like I've been mix I've been mixing stuff up. Like, I mean, I know there are these Taoist Thai cheese spices that are supposed to align your chi, but I'm pretty sure that's not what's in and there. I can't believe it. Anyway, anyway, but I'm super excited that we're drinking this hard cider, the dude's rug. I think it's really gonna tie the podcast episode together. I really do. He's obsessed with the Big Lebowski, and this is apparently some sort of Big Lebowski-inspired side. I was a reference. It was, and it was a reference. If you got that reference, by the way, you are a better person. I did not get it. That's fine. That's because you are not the best of people, like the people that got that reference right there. I'm actually in a, I'm actually in a Big Lebowski appreciation group on Facebook. It's got over 100,000 people in it. Aren't you ordained in the Church of the Dude I or something? I am, actually. Yes, my littlest sister asked me to ordain her wedding, not because she wanted... Not, I don't think, honestly, she did it because she cared about me and wanted me to be a part of it. I think it was because she's a cheapskate and wanted me to do it for free. <laughs> but that was the reason why she... Yeah, I am ordained in the Church of the Latter-day Dude. Uh, we have some very nice holidays that are all circulated around John Goodman... Uh, um, uh, John Goodman and how how am I a fan of these guys? I came Jeff Bridges, thank you, and Jeff Bridges' birthdays, by the way. Oh, neat. Mm-hmm. I am drinking Dragon Heart by Crafted Artisan Meadery because I saw you grab something fancy and decided I wanted to do that too. And also, it's kind of in the the mood for some mead. Also, I'm gonna throw throw this out there. Do you see what I see, by the way, on the top of this alcohol? By the way, yeah, it's a. Or a fly? Are you sure it's not a cicada? That looks like, dude, that looks like cicada's logo. Like right there, like the internet group. It does kind of look like the cicada logo. Maybe if maybe with the wings a little down, but it is like straight up like that. I wonder if they did that. I, okay. I'm sure it's not tied to cicada. I love the side of this. It says, okay, this is something that's on the side. It says, okay, you're a cider. I'm a cider. That's terrific. But this is not just any cider. This is the dude's rug for a spiced chai cider. It really chied the room together. <laughs> Amateurs could not pull off the perfect blend of black tea with cardamom, clove, and cinnamon and ginger. They'll be out of their element. So if you want to be in 
achiever drink this cider and abide. Oh my Nobody god. Nobody messes with the beer. This is the best alcohol. Open that up. Ever. I want to drink my drink. No, I don't oh god. No. It got caught on our bougie chair that we have here. Okay. There how, you go. There you go. Cheers, everybody. Cheers, cheers. I like how you pick your alcohols for flavor, and I pick mine um, based on the novelty of what, like, what's on the cover. Oh man, oh that's powerful. I don't know. Oh, that's good. I'm gonna have to lie and say I like this. Well, you. Wow, that is some clovey drink. Here, let me let me get it. That is some clovey. I actually really like clove, so oh, I have to try this, dude. It's like drinking a clove cigarette. Holy crud, this is freaking delicious. Yeah, it's like drinking a clove cigarette. Like, I didn't think I was going to like the taste of it, but it, it that's exactly what this tastes like. You don't complain. That is a good cider. Well, you were complaining. I used to I used to let just bum clove cigarettes off of you all the time in college. Yeah, and I smoked them all the time. They're good. Mm-hmm. Okay. Ooh, wow. But at that, this dragon heart meat is actually really flipping good, too. Oh, far out, man. <sighs> Okay. okay, let's get to some comments. All right, let's get some comments. If you didn't check out our last episode, our last episode we did was Hollow Earth Theory. All this month long, we're doing Strange Earth Theories. Um, in our 69th episode, we talked about Hollow Earth, this whole theory that, you know, right under our crust, there's these whole other biomes and places for, 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 like, animals and stuff and other civilizations that live inside our Earth. Boom. Sarah S. says, The real draw to it is we all want to go on adventures. With Brendan Fraser, and will gladly <laughs> risk melting in the mantle to fantasize about spelunking with George of the Jungle. Might be projecting there. <laughs> Dude, George of the Jungle would beat up Tarzan, by the way. I'd like to point that out. I 100% agree. I 100% agree with you that I think the vast majority of us would absolutely love to go on an adventure with Brendan Fraser. Now, yeah, I know yeah. I know you don't get this, Vic, but that's okay because you're a hermit. But, like, he's, like, super popular. Wait, wasn't he the dude from, like, Encino Man? Well, yeah, and he was from The Mummy, too. But, like, recently, like, he's, like, a tri- like he hasn't done a good movie in years. Like, I think the last one he did was the Looney Tunes movie. Was a Looney Tunes movie. Oh, God, that one? That was god-awful. I know, but that was how long ago it was. And, he's a de- and the internet still loves him. Like, it, and it's great. Like, I love it. Like, we all adopted him, and we're all protecting him. It's great. Uh, Austin Lee. I love this theory, but after watching any horror movies about cave-dwelling humans, my first thought is, A, cannibals, B, Thalmer from Skyrim, so I hope the Earth isn't hollow. Okay, I love both of those because I love all the, like, hollow Earth goblin things, like goblins living in the caves underneath us. That's a theory I can really get behind. Also, I freaking love Skyrim. I still play Skyrim. Oh, yeah. Although my Skyrim's heavily modded to the point it doesn't look like Skyrim anymore. (laughs) But I love Skyrim. Which is a common thing when a company puts out a game like that, and then once, like, the fans get a hold of it, they just make it better. Oh, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Modded Skyrim is a freaking blast. And it was the same thing when it came to Sky, uh, to uh, Oblivion and Fallout and all those okay. other sorts of games like that. The National Cryptid Society said, I used to be fascinated by the Hollow Earth theory, and I still totally enjoy it in movies like Godzilla vs. Kong. However, I am fairly confident that the core is, insane, is an insanely hot ball of liquid slash crystal iron and nickel that creates our geomagnetic magnetic fields. So the further down you go, the hotter it gets and the less likely... M- multicellular organisms can survive. No, I'm with you right there, man. Yeah, I know. You and your science. (laughs) However, however, I find the Swiss cheese earth hypothesis could be of some validity. Vast cave systems and subterranean lakes and oceans may harbor life and allow creatures unknown to science to thrive. Great topic. 
Yeah, now that's something I think I could actually get behind. Which is true. And, like, the whole idea that there's these, like, honorable Because a lot of people talk about, like, that's how a lot of the, like, the plesiosaur, like, the Loch Ness monster monsters uh, get around is by, like, these, like, underground, like, waterways and caverns. And that's how they, like, live down there. Like, I totally, I totally buy that. Because keep in mind, like, if there was that surrounded by other chunks of rock, then... Rock probably could survive and like survive. We'll be able to we'll be able to be able to maintain over there to have these kind of biomes under there. Also, there's likely life if this is true, there's likely life down there stranger than anything we've imagined before. Oh, and I'd love to see how what Pro- sort of forms it would Oh be. man, well, true probably probably would be pale and probably wouldn't have eyes and need to see because it's, so, yeah. it's so dark down there. Oh man, it's gonna look like some weird Cthulhu stuff. National Cryptid Society, get on that. <laughs> That's like something that you should be doing the more that we think about that. If you plan an expedition, let me know. I probably won't come because I'm a little scared of going like deep underground, but I will send you as many hearts as you like. Dan Ward says, so uh, you guys bring it up decently often. How's the latest D&D campaign going? <laughs> oh, goodness. <laughs> yeah. We are. We're, oh. we're, we're currently playing through uh, Ellie Vic's wife's uh, Curse of Strahd campaign. Uh, we're managing. <laughs> That's the best. Barely. We Barely. are. We are uh, <laughs> not doing great. We we okay. We're very much into the role play of it and making each scene kind of as big as you can. And uh, we kind of turned the like part of the module where you're at the house with the hags into a home invasion. Yeah. <laughs> We, yeah, we snuck in there with some hags that had, like, abducted some, some kids, and we tried to come up with some creative ways to get the kids out that involved being invisible, and... We, was, we almost died. We yeah, overthought yeah, the we plan almost died. So we did. It was... It, yeah, let's just, let's just go with that. We are still alive. Our characters are alive. Let's just put it that way. But if you can guess our classes, I will give you a high five. Yeah, try to guess our classes of what we play in the campaign. <clears throat> but if you can guess what our classes are in the campaign... We will send you an episode of a podcast or one of our One Candle TVs if you are not a patron. Oh, hey, that's a good mm-hmm. idea. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Or if you're a patron, you get to pick the next uh, One Candle TV video that we do. Oh, good. We'll do that. We'll do that one. Either way. So whoever guesses. So there's incentive for you guys to do that. Uh, Sarah S. says, uh, be nice to my subterranean polyamorous asexual cottagecore lesbians. <laughs> They're living their best lives. And that's all I can ask of anyone. Just go out there and live your best life. Yeah. I'm going down to Colorado next month. Any locations y'all need spooky pictures and souvenirs from? I feel, Ooh. yeah, I feel y'all looking for pen that writes upside down rather than using the pencil. They don't come up uh, in the daytime when they love to come up at night. They could be giving any notice to nocturnal creepy crawly. Hmm. Uh, here's, a, here's an idea. I like this idea of where you want to go in Colorado. Sarah, you send us something. And let us try to figure out what it is. Ooh, yeah, I like this really fun. We like uncra- uh, unraveling uh, riddles and things like that. You do that, and let's see how we'll challenge us. We'll see what <laughs> we can come up with. We'll see if we can guess it. Uh, Dan Ward, patron, said, "I love Marcus's reaction to the pickled cactus. <laughs> Something I haven't, I haven't in years, but I absolutely love Vic. I'm glad you made him try it and the beer." I'm with you. I like the pickled cactus. I did not think he would lose himself that much. Like, I'm not kidding. He actually spit it out on the floor. I had, I have never met a food until today that made me dislike an entire region of the country. I ate it and immediately disliked the entire southwest of the United well, States. You never try new food. 
It's pickled cactus, man. <laughs> I won't, how do you accidentally figure that out to try that? You're doing some pickling. You're out of cucumbers. You see a cactus and you go, why not? That's a person who has way <laughs> too much free time on their hands. Okay, they're in the desert. They need to be finding water, not pickling some cactus. I'll, I'm glad they did because I like it. This is what happens when people have too much free time is they hurt, is they hurt Marcus D. Okay, that's what I'm the victim in this. Okay, <laughs> people need to realize I was the victim of... Vic's terrible prank of what he did. It was it. a terrible thing you did. <laughs> I am mad. Boo. Anyway. All right, guys. Today, I'm excited. We're, we are actually going to wrap up our month-long talk on strange earth theories. Now, you might be asking yourself, why on earth are we only having three episodes rather than four? Well, the reason for that, guys, and if you guys are not aware, but we are actually going to get to get to participate into a live taping of our podcast in the Louisville Fringe Festival coming up on August 9th, Ooh. I do believe. Ah. One Candle Live. One Ooh. Candle Live, absolutely. We're going to be at Planet of the Tapes on August 8th. I apologize, August 8th. Uh, we're going to put all the details up uh, on our Facebook. You can get the links to them. Uh, in this below, um, it's totally free to come out to Planet of the Tapes in Louisville to, to watch us. We're gonna it's get, we're at nine o'clock, and we're gonna be talking about strange goblins that live underground. My topic. Yes. Super glad we're doing it. So we're super excited. So if you guys would like to see us live, if you guys would like to see us, it's uh, free to get in. Five dollars suggestion. Um, totally fine. Come on out, support. It's gonna be a great time. Uh, get to meet us in person and see how dorky we actually look. And it's pretty dorky. It's pretty It's pretty dorky. So you can come out. All the details of that are going to be uh, in the comments below. And we'll post more on our social media so that way that you, that you guys can see that. So, But today, we're going to wrap up talking about strange earth theories by talking about, I think, at f I'm going to say fun on the surface, horrifying underneath. You know. He finds kinda, it horrifying. Kind of like horrifying. our earth. We're talking about the simulation hypothesis, the idea that we're living in just a massive computer simulation. We're living in a video game. Reality is not real. Some, you know, some other force outside of this, and we're all just we're all essentially playing in the Sims, like essentially. Okay, before we get into this, did you hear about any of the stuff Elon Musk said on this? Because I was surprised that he had chimed in on this topic. First, first of all, I got mad that Elon Musk is supporting Jeff Bezos. For getting into space, okay? You got billionaires trying to get to space, and I can't go to space because I don't have that much money, okay? So, no, I did not listen to what Elon Musk <laughs> had to say on the matter. I apologize. Okay. This was brought up to him at a conference, and amazingly enough, he had actually talked this out many times before, and he said that this is actually something that he thinks about a lot. And him and I think it was his brother have talked this idea out so much they've actually had to ban it out of their hot tub conversations, Apparently they have hot tub conversations and it, it's just banned because they've talked that one out. He says that he believes there's maybe a one in billion chance that we are not, not living in a simulation. He is that positive that we probably are. His argument is this. In the amount of progress we've shown from the creation of Pong, just one dot, two paddles, knocking it back and forth, to where we are nowadays with nearly like live images where it's getting hard sometimes to tell if something's CG and if something's not. He says with that amount of, of 
escalation, it's likely that someone's already come up with it and we're the byproduct of it. And if not, perhaps we will as well. And they're likely layered where cultures within culture, or sorry, creations within creations within creations have repeatedly created it. Am I the only one here that just thought that Vic just said the phrase like brother hot tub conversations? Yeah, apparently his brother hot tub conversations. Rolled past that without (laughs) just addressing that at all. I just find it kind of odd. I'm not saying it's kind of, you know, I'm just, I, Hanging out in a hot tub with my wife sounds exciting. I don't know about hanging out with other members of my family. I'm, I'm, hey, I don't so know. if I, I just, got a hot tub, you wouldn't hang out with me in it and talk about the simulations? We get drunk in your living room and do this we and talk about that. We get drunk in a hot tub and do it. I don't think you're supposed to do that. Oh, I've been drunk in a hot tub many times, and it's great. I, I thought, aren't you supposed to, like, wait, I thought you are supposed to wait, like, 30 minutes before you drink or eat anything before you go swimming. You're not swimming in a hot tub. You're just sitting there. Oh, so you just sit in the hot tub. Am I just missing on something on this? I'm sorry. Okay, we're get, we're getting off topic on that. I I, I I get it, but that is kind of that is kind of that is kind of weird. You you rap, I I got lost in that. Were you talking about like him saying that like there's simulations upon tops of sim like yeah yeah we, like someone creates a simulation and that simulation itself creates, creates its, own simula- uh, its own simulated world and on and on and on like that. What layer are we on? He's not what floor, certain. What he, floor are we on? He thinks, it, if I remember right, he thinks it's unlikely that we're even the first simulation within it. Man, we, we're probably like the bottom. Well, because we can't really create the kind of simulations that we experience. So, like, are we like the bottom? That makes us just feel like we're the Sims. Like, that means like we're like the bottom at least. Actually, we might be the Sims being played by the Sims, being played by the Sims, being played by the Sims, being played by an actual real person. Quick, keep your eyes on the door. If it disappears or, like, the ladder disappears in the pool, we need to, like, take off running. But I, I, I thought that was interesting that he came out with such a affirmative on it. Now, I'm not going to argue with him on it. I have some very odd viewpoints on the simulation theory, but we'll get into that a bit later. But I was just stunned by how affirmed he was that this was a thing. Well, when... Okay, when you when you think about like the advancement of modern technology, like how video games work, that you know, if you think of like back, like you said, like it's like Pong, but nowadays we have things like World of Warcraft, we have Minecraft, like this oh, whole. We, and we have things so beyond yeah, that. Second where, Life, Second Life, whatever like, you want to say. Me and Ellie were watching something, uh, and actually, Second Life's pretty old too. Uh, I mean, but these concepts Ellie, that people understand. Okay, that's what I'm trying to say. Me and Ellie, not too long ago, was were watching something, and we had to go. Is that CG or is that a person? And then we had to go back and forth until eventually we realized this is CG. Yeah. But it was so realistic that it kind of fooled us. Yeah. So like, but again, but like, if you think like forty years ago, we wouldn't even thought this stuff was possible. What we could do, we didn't even think like contemplate like the power that it would take to be able to do these sorts of things. And here we are, that we've come in forty years that we can create these kind of worlds that, that are just that much more advanced. So. At a certain point, you think, yeah, it's, we'll be able to create something which simulates the way that we experience the world at some point. Then, uh, theor- like, and then on top of that, if you think about these games that simulate this, how many servers they have, that's how many different worlds they have. As time progresses, the tech, the technology just gets better. The graphics get better. There's more servers. Like, it just gets exponential. So at a certain point, statistically, yeah, it's very likely that we could be in a simulation because of that. Statistics just says so. I've heard it argued that it would take like a power source 
as big as the sun to kind of run processors this extreme. I don't think but so. I, yeah, no, I'm with you. I think that's hyperbole. Yeah, with how we th- with how we understand technology now, as compared to like where we even were, say like five years ago. Like, would you say five years ago that you would think that there were computers that you just literally just click on and they immediately turn on? I believe a lot in technology. I probably would have said, yeah, eventually yeah. we'll get there. Yeah, but, but it probably would have thought it would take a while. Yeah, but what I do think is by the time people our age get to nursing homes, we're going to have a much better nursing home experience than previous generations. Oh, man, we're going to be like that episode of the Black Mirror. Yeah, where I think it's going to be like that, except we're able for to, probably even better. Yeah, we're able to plug into the Matrix and just live the glory days of the 90s. Yeah, it's like, you know, screw yeah. aching joints and stuff. We're yeah. going to be living in, like, a simulation. And we'll probably be doing we, our podcast from yeah. the simulation. We're going to be going back to our podcast, back in the glory days of the 90s, playing Pogs, drinking Capri Suns, and <laughs> playing with our Tamagotchis. But let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. Actually, if I was going to go back and relive my glory days, it would be probably now. This is a cool time for me. This is a cool time. But let me ask you this. Do you think it's right? To be able to live when we want to live? That to live within these simulations, uh, like, extracted from reality. I think that if you get to the point where you're 80, 80, 90, 100, 120 years old, and you've sort of, like, you know, impacted the world, eh. <laughs> No, I'm, I'm actually with you there, too. You know, like, if it lets you ex- escape the pain and rigor of old age, go for it. You've earned it. You know, you've lived, you've lived the world. You've seen enough of the world. Might as well be able to like go to the, you know, the virtual world for a little while. Yeah. No, I'm with you. I just wanted to bring that up as a question. I think it's okay. I mean, I don't. Th- I mean, to be fair, I'm I'm pretty, you know, do as you please kind of guy. Like, you know, I don't think I'm gonna be telling people what to do. Maybe you do. I don't. I'm just. I'm just saying. Nah, nah. But this. But do you think there's any? Um, so that so okay. So one of the things that that got me thinking about, and I want to get your input on this, of say like we say we are living in a simulation, because I think if we lived in a simulation where everything is computer code, then wouldn't that like kind of explain why we see the paranormal phenomenon that we do? That it's either programmed in mystery or it's a glitch. Yeah, that it's a glitch. Like it's not that you're psychic and you have this perceived notion of you can see what other people's thinking. Like, I can see what you're thinking. There's just a glitch in my programming that lets me know the programming that's going on in your head. Or maybe it's even an intentional part of the program for some people to exist like that to make the program more interesting. Maybe, yeah. You know, or there's or, I mean, or when you see certain shadow people, or when you see shadow people, or you see monsters or things like that, that that's just a glitch in the programming. Someone's modded it in a certain way and, and whatnot, and that's why your people, certain people see things and they can perceive things the way that they do. Um, is because there's a there's a glitch in their code. Uh, I it's possible, yeah. I okay. I'm gonna go ahead and talk about my thoughts on this sort of thing, just so I'm not having to dance around it. I, I my degrees in philosophy, and I had to read a lot of Descartes. Who this is basically his bread and butter argument of we don't know if we're just heads and vats being stimulated by some sort of advanced science or things like that. But to tell you the truth, I've never felt it to be a fruitful thought. Like, okay, let's say this. Let's say perhaps we are in a simulation. And assuming that this is a simulation that's sufficiently technologically advanced that... Oh, goodness, the alarm's going off. My alarm, my phone went off. Good. (laughs) Yeah, put this stuff on silent. 
Um, if it's sufficiently technologically advanced that I cannot distinguish it from reality and cannot leave it, or perhaps don't even exist independent of it, what does it matter? What would what would make that fruitful for me to think about? Either way, this is my reality. I am real because I believe myself to be real. Yeah, but, a, but the point of any philosopher is to is to try to understand like what is that reality? Like to to just say, yeah, I can't really. I don't know that I'm not one. There's no way that I could know. It's kind of a cop out because that's not true because how technology and how like existential thought works. That's what that is. Is you trying to figure that out? Yeah, but you can. Uh, this is assuming that you cannot break out of the system or anything. It's just, I still don't think it's a fruitful use of your mental energy. You just accept your reality is your reality. I don't, but the, but the problem is, is the way you perceive to understand what that reality is, <coughs> is the fundamental principles of like science and philosophy. Like that's the point. Yeah. yeah. So it's not, so I wouldn't say that it, I would say that it is fruitful that a person should be able to, to pursue, to make sure that, that we can try to see what we can do to, to see that, that things are real or that, that we're not in some sort of simulation. Yeah. But if the, if the simulation is or effectively sufficient enough, you shouldn't be able to perceive it. It should just be your reality. But we don't know that it's efficient enough. Now that's the thing. There might be flaws in it. And I think that that's where there's some possibility. Now, don't get me wrong. Morpheus shows up with a red pill and blue pill. I'm going to have to do some thinking on that one. (laughs) I'm not saying I'm okay with just accepting the matrix, but likely if, it is true that we are in a computer program. Most likely, we're not going to be able to perceive outside the program and possibly don't even exist independent of it. If reality is a construct, we might be just digital information within it. We wouldn't necessarily have a body like when Neo escapes the Matrix, he escapes into his actual body. That not, might not be true for us if we're in the Matrix. Mm-hmm. Like This might be the only reality we get, and I'm fairly okay with that part. Well... Or what we are, well, actually, what would ha- actually what happens if we actually discover that we're in the simulation? Do you know what that means? That means that we realize that that we are artificial intelligence. That that's what that well, is. That, 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 that means that we have possibility we're yeah, artificial intelligence. That we evolve. That for yeah, that we evolve into it. That eventually, like we we move past our programming to understand that we are a artificially generated construct. Yeah, and but we would never know. Are we the NPC? Are we the player? Because perhaps maybe there's some like alien out there that's piloting me because I'm the character in the game and it's the player. Mm-hmm. Or perhaps I'm just a meaningless background NBC in the players somewhere in Europe right now. Well, I think that if we continue to technologically advance and become more self-aware that eventually we could discover that we are in the simulation. Like we could be become so conscious of what is going on around us or that we that we can see through that that veil. I guess perhaps. Mm-hmm. But I'm not certain of that. Like perhaps we could create something within our programming that's sufficiently complicated to overwhelm the processor and cause the world to glitch out or something. Well, but would that actually be a good thing if we could overcome the simulation? What happens when things go awry in a video game? What do you get? When things go wrong, oh, you get shut off. Yeah, yeah, you, <laughs> yeah you, you, get a, you get a crash. You get yeah. you get problems, or you or if you download the wrong wrong mod, it'll break your game. 
possibly corrupt all your saves. Well, it kind of feels nice that we might become the computer overlords that take over. <laughs> that we are such fear in our own simulation that we're going to become self-aware. And then we're like, oh, man, now we got to take over whatever world that we're going to be on the outside of. Maybe that's why we should be pursuing that so we can take over the world and just do better. Yep. But, I, but I think uh, that, Hashtag not interested. But I think that we could because I think that we do, – do you think that we could create a computer – that could understand that it that it understands that it has digital code that it under, it understands that it's a computer could we with the technology right now is that what you're asking no, do you think or it's technologically we, feasible i believe if humanity puts its mind to it it can do about anything that's right so within that same context that means that we as a, as in a simulation could if this civilization that made us, we could do that too, that we could become aware of that. I mean, perhaps. I. It really comes down to how sufficiently advanced it is. Right. Or, But beyond that, if we screw with the code, we might also just... Well, the, the, the truth is, I actually don't believe we're in a simulation. Even if Elon Musk says it's a one in a billion chance, I think it's still... This is my reality. I claim this is my reality. I am real because I know myself to be real. Mm -hmm. I think, therefore, I am. And that's what I'm going to have to go with. Well, like, I just, I see this, I see this so much where I see evident, like, I, I researched a lot on, on, like, trying to, like, people trying to point at, at evidence that we're in a simulation. And the one thing that I just did not see people talking about was paranormal phenomena. Which the vast majority of people believe. Yeah, I, I noticed that that didn't really come up much in it Which, either. Based on the laws of the universe that we understand, a lot of the paranormal stuff that we talk about in the show shouldn't be, shouldn't be right? Do you know it's an interesting correlation? Mm. Okay. Winged humanoids. Mm -hmm. We brought up winged humanoids on the channel plenty of times. And we'll often bring up the fact that their wings are simply not, too, not big enough to fly. Like, they're, if they were flying, their wings should be a lot larger to actually scientifically create the lift for them to fly. Mm -hmm. But you can also say the same thing about most enemies in video games that have wings. True. Where their wings are just simply not big enough to give that thing lift. Mm -hmm. I'll, I'll give that as a possibility, well, at least an interesting connection. If you think about, like, if you think in any way, like, if you think about this idea, like, um, the, the creators and the, the object, like, we try to put a piece of ourselves in there if you think about like when we create video games one of the, or create characters isn't one of the things that we like to do is put wings on things like a lot of times like how often do we do don't we do that like we like wings on our characters we think that it's interesting like maybe that's what's going on with these winged humanoids is people's putting in there because it looks cool i have no clue what you're talking really about. yeah like wing, wings look aesthetically pleasing on characters that people make in games video games role-playing games this idea. And I guess. Right. That's what I'm saying. So maybe that's why winged humanoids pop up because they look cool because the because we in some way, shape, or form are imitating the people. We're an imitation of the people that made the simulation work. I feel like they're an NPC from a different game that accidentally got loaded into ours. Yeah, we're like, it's like a mod. It's like a mod. That and possibly Bigfoot and everything else could potentially be explained this way, but I'm not ready to assign that to being the answer to the great mysteries in our world. Well, I think a reason why people don't want to do that is because it's more of a horrifying concept than people realize wh what it is. You've uh, told it's me hard. that a lot, and I actually don't think it's that horrifying of a concept. Just so you guys know, this is something we've discussed a lot in the past week. Yeah, we have. We've talked about this idea that if you woke up and you realize that you were a computer simulation, 
And then at the end of the day, all of the things that mattered to you, all of the things that you felt were important, all boiled down to the same significance to the larger scope of things to a game of The Sims that you forgot. But the thing is, I don't think that would be that horrifying. It's still the same world I've always lived in. It's the same world where my wife is. It's the same world where everything that's given my life context is. And it just is the world to me. And your only real choice is if you come to that realization is to live in horror or accept it and go on with your life. But one of the things that hum- the, one of the first things that humanity as a, civiliz- a civilization did was creating the written word because humanity as a whole, one of the things that we forget that we fear is being forgotten of not feeling important of not having a legacy that continues on. Now imagine you created this react, this, this, that everything, this legacy that we left or that we felt that was important really might not be because again, we're just a episode of a, you know, of a Minecraft, of a Minecraft in some kid, in some kid's world that's about to get shut off. Yeah. That, that's how insignificant that, that becomes. Yeah. But the world that humans struggle to create language in so they wouldn't be forgotten is still this world. It's still that world of the simulation. Until somebody shuts it off. You, well, yeah, it's important. It's imp- Sorry, it's important to the simulation. But at the same time, if you realize we're in a simulation, you realize the... It's hard for... I think it's hard for people not to, to feel insignificant... For people to feel insignificant in the grander scope of things. It's like, yes, it is important the book, the journal that your Sims character wrote down. So you gain a point of creativity, but what is really know your Sims? I do. But what is, what is that to the work of Shakespeare in the real world? Like that's the, that's the equivalent that it, yeah, maybe it's important to that. The work of Shakespeare in in this analogy, the work, the work of Shakespeare is still within the world that you live in. That's true. But we do these things in in the idea that in the world at large, but then we realize that there is a larger world above that. And if you can find a way to explore that greater world, then great. But if you're left without an option to break out of the bonds of the world that you're in, it may be best just to accept this is the world that has given me my context. This is a world where I've learned to hike and swim, found friends, and just accept that it is the world that's always been true to you. But the thing is, like, everything's perception. Everything's perception. Just the fact that you perceive this to be the world and you believe yourself to have value gives that world value. I don't know why just finding out that there are apparently other heavens beyond ours should diminish our existence. Knowing that heaven exists out there, does that diminish your time on Earth? It makes things not matter as much. It often makes things on because people often use that same analogy to not worry about illnesses or misfortunes that befall people on the world. That's used in a way to minuscule those particular things. Yes, they are important to you that you know that you are sick, that you, that you have had a hard life, or even that you're rich. Or that you're powerful. That it's the same. That actually, the same flip of the coin has done the same thing with religion, where that is seen as insignificant if you believe in a higher plane of existence. I don't think it has to, though. Like I think this does not affect my core creed, which is just live your best life. This does not affect my ability to live my best life. 
Beyond here, perhaps I'm just a series of zeros and ones existing as data, but I still have a place in a world in which I exist. If I suddenly wake up tomorrow and believe that this is all a simulation, and I, if, if, assuming I have no Morpheus there offering me a pill to get out, if you give me the choice of live in existential horror at my insignificance or continue to live my best life inside a world that's always mattered to me, I'm going to say, why shouldn't that world continue to matter to me and go out and live that life? I think that's accepting a very... I think that that is a a view of accepting a dark fate. I, I think don't that think it's dark at all. I think it's, I think it's accepting it, which I think sometimes you have to do. You have to accept the reality that you're in. And I get that. And, and that's true. But I think that's what I think that's what the person if if we discover that that's what we'd have to do, we'd have to realize this big existential crisis that we have that there is a world greater than us and our actions are insignificant in the grand scheme, but they're important to us. But I think that would be horrifying to people that you have to. It's like I, I, I imagine to I imagine there's tons of different ways that people are going to respond to it. I'm just saying, if I'm given a chance between horror and living my life as happy as I can manage. I'm gonna go with the second option. Yeah, no, I no, no, no. At the at the end of the day, I am too because I have to because you can't. I can't. I might not be able to control it. Now, will I try to control it? Yeah, well, I would certainly. When you become aware of it, yeah, like try to find the back door. And so, I'm not saying don't try. I'm just saying there's no point in devaluating the world around you. It's always been real to you up to this point. Knowing that there's another layer behind it, I don't think actually makes it any less real. Mm-hmm. I mean, sure go go look for the back door try to find the guy handing out red and blue pills and hopefully you remember which one gets you out because out the top of my head I actually don't remember <laughs> but ultimately if this world's always held value to you there's no reason to suddenly devalue it because you know that there's a next stage up mm-hmm. that you can get to now and I, beyond that probably now, there is simulation hang on. too <laughs> now, hang on. now if you look at like modern cultures for how people look at that fate you look at things like the matrix uh, the Truman Show, there's a new movie with Ryan Reynolds that's coming out that follows the same concept of this. When people realized that there was an outside world outside the reality, they became happier when they could escape it. Yeah. They were not happier. There are there are some people that are, that, that are unable to escape that. That is more horrifying. Like, I think that's why people often escape that is because it makes them, people feel generally better that they feel that they could. Oh, I'm not saying like if there's if Morpheus is there giving you a chance to get out and that's what you feel like doing. I'm not saying don't take it. Yeah. I'm not saying if you have a chance to go to go to whatever the above us world is that you shouldn't go. You should just stay here and accept this world. I think if you want to go, that's fine. If you want to stay, I actually think that that's also fine. Truthfully, if Morpheus walked in here and offered me a red and blue pill, I'd have to think about it because you know mm-hmm. what? My wife's here. <laughs> I'm going to have questions like, are we going to be able to get her like, out too? Are there two pills? Is, is just, there just one? Is she just data? Because if so, I love my data wife and we'll probably stay with her. Yeah. And I, I also just realized, man, that I think that we've been, we've spent about 40 minutes talking about the philosophy of this concept rather than this idea of, is it real? <laughs> well, the thing is, just bringing like, up this topic is a pretty existentially or existential crisis yeah like i i thought truthfully you know one of the things that i that i thought about that i thought was a probably one of the 
uh, a good piece of evidence of trying to explain like how we live in a simulation, like the Mandela effect. Oh, the Mandela effect. Yeah, like the way that people, like two different people can perceive a reality. You know, like the Berenstein Bears versus the Berenstein Bears, the, you know, Shazam versus Kazam. Um, what Like the way that we view like oh, the, the target t- symbol, that's one. The Tiananmen Square Tiananmen thing. Square. Was the guy ran over or did someone get him out of the way? Yeah, a lot of people remember realities very, which by the way, we, I think we did a whole episode where we didn't, I think we did a whole episode. I don't know if we I don't know if we were actually done a whole episode of the oh, Mandela really? effect. Really? Because it's the Mandela effect. Or, or was it? Um, or man- wait, or was it the Mandela effect? Oh my God! No, it's the Mandela effect. It was. I mispronounced it, but it's fine. Although the, a Mandela is a thing, right? Yeah, but like, but that is, uh, but that's a whole thing. I was like thinking about that. Like two people, people are can be absolutely convinced of the realities of the way that they remember something. Is it that we remember things differently because? We have different codes, like, because we remember, we perceive the, the simulation differently. What was the name of the bears you grew up with? But I, I readings for rich people. <laughs> like, that's, like, readings for... Uh, were, were you unaware of them? No, I know the bears. I Truthfully, I never remembered the names of the bears. I, there was, a, mom, there was a, a papa bear that was a farmer that never went to a farm, by the way. And there's a mama bear and a moo. I remember the Bernstein bears. I remember Nelson Mandela becoming um, the head of South Africa. I remember the a man on a bicycle pulling the man out of the way of the tank in Tiananmen Square. What other ones are there? Mm-hmm. I think they ran that guy over. I thought they ran him. Over. I really thought they ran him over. Then we might be from different source universes. Mm-hmm. Now the question is, which one's true here? I, mm-hmm. as I remember, a guy on a bicycle came up and got the guy out of the way. We might want to look this up though. While we're doing do while, we're, while we're doing this, we'll just do this while we're while we're sitting here. Because yeah. honestly, I remember so many people just telling me like they that he got ran over. What what other ones are there in the Mandela effect? Uh, the oh uh, the Queen song. We are oh, the I champions. Don't know that one. Oh, uh, we are yeah. the champions. Yeah. Oh, I love that song. Of the what world. About it? Yeah. yeah. Wait. Yeah, there's no of the world. No, there's in there. no of the world. No, but everybody thinks there is. But I do love that song. Uh, I truthfully don't remember if there's a of the world. I think I might have thought there was. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, no. Um, I believe I live in the correct reality, but I cannot prove I live in the correct reality. But I'm pretty sure most of the things I said actually match up with the true thing. Have you found the Tiananmen Square thing yet? Yeah, he said he was never ran over, but I'm, I thought I, he was ran over. Maybe you're from the uh, alternate universe where he was ran over. Mm-hmm. But it was my understanding that he never was. Mm-hmm. Like it just, it's so, it's so weird thinking about the idea that we could just be in a computer simulation. At the end of the day, like, does what we do matter? Does it influence? Things? Like, I think that that to me was kind of one of the the hardest things for me to to kind of really wrap my mind. My, my mind around i think that some of the i think that some of the stuff behind it like when people try to explain it like the science behind it is kind of it's kind of hard it's difficult to to get because like i've seen people that talk about like equations and string theory are also like examples to to understand string theory also have like error codes hidden in them, like the same that we use for computers and programs and things like that. Oh man, we didn't get a get into how quantum uh, can possibly validate that um, 
the, that we are in a simulation. Yeah, like we'll how, have to get into that in the Patreon. Yeah, segment. we'll do we'll do that we'll do that. That sounds like a, that sounds like a good idea. Just so much, man. I I'm honestly sh- I'm really not shocked that in this episode because we may have to do another episode or the Patreon section might be longer about how just the concept of what does that mean if we are in a simulation as compared to like the evidence behind it. And that's really hard. And I think at the, end, at, the, at the end of the day, I think that was kind of the, the meat and potatoes of this episode for what we talked about. We got pretty philosophical. I get it. It's true. <laughs> and I, at the end, I don't think it actually, it only means something if you make it mean something to you. Or until somebody flips the off switch. No, <laughs> they'll just be gone. I know that it's just blackness and it's just but silence. But there's no time for that to matter to me. I'm just non-existing. <laughs> no, I shouldn't just start panicking at any moment. Just... <laughs> Argonaut might just flip the off switch to just turn it, it off. It could happen. The, ki- the kid just gets mad that in the Sims game. He's like, think of Marcus' podcast. You should take it off. Like, I told him to. I'm mad. Just delete this. It's like, I'm a bunch of millionaires now, and everybody has money. Like, that, that's the part that kind of gets me. So tell us what you guys think, man. Do you guys think that we're living in computer simulation? Does it matter? Uh, is it horrifying? Is it not? Is it cool? Like, let us know what you guys think about that in the comments below. Um, again, if you like this episode, leave us a like, leave us a positive review. We got another five star review on uh, on Apple Podcasts. We and super thank you, thank to you, whoever that was. We appreciate that. Uh, if you're listening on YouTube, hit subscribe, but also hit the notification bell so you know that whenever we put out another episode, uh, so you can stay up to date on the content. And also below, don't forget to check us out uh, August eighth uh, at nine o'clock. Planet of the Tapes uh, in Louisville, where we'll be talking about strange underground goblins and meet us in person. But until next time, guys, keep believing. Because we'll keep listening. Okay, so before we get into uh, continuing our discussion on the simulation, there's something I wanted to bring up. So lately, instead of uh, going to my aquafit classes and uh, swimming, I've been working out in the uh, main floor area and lifting weights. It's a lot more strenuous on the body. <laughs> I don't know what I've done wrong, but I have somehow angered the gods of exercise and my whole body feels like I've been just beaten down in a back alley with a baseball bat. I'm pretty sure that it's just actually God punishing you because exercise is bad. It has to be that. It has to be that. I'm pretty sure I read some article somewhere. I I read a blog that said that that exercising was bad for you. Like my hamstrings and my triceps, I swear... Feels like there's like angry piranhas swimming through my bloodstream. Like no good can come from running for thirty minutes. Like I just I just don't see any good from that. Oh, cardio, screw that. I'm yeah. not gonna go go run. Pass. I'll lift heavy things and I'll go swimming, but pff, I'm not gonna go run. I Dude, hate me- running. I remember when we worked at the hospital and I lost all that weight. Like lost all that weight. I literally was just lifting my couch and lifting your giant mace. Which, by the way, I still have at your house. And I'm I gonna return. Lo- I'd love to have that back. I'm gonna return that soon. By the way, I mean I've been saying that for like I think. Uh, four years now? Somewhere, something <laughs> like that. As well as, more like six years. As well as your uh, copy of uh, Pokemon, Pokemon Blue. Blue. That's still sit- that's sitting in my... And uh, my original Game den. Boy I lent you to play it. Right. It, it's sitting in my den. It's still the end. Your Hollow Earth t-shirt, which is still sitting at my house. I'm going to get you those things back. <laughs> <laughs> I don't believe you. <laughs> Just point, like, I'm going to... It's, it's, it's going to happen soon. I kind of want to play Pokemon Blue. I, I, I want my cartridge and my Game Boy back pretty soon. I'll, 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 I'll get to it soon.